Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Seven Foot Heart. Today on the phone, we have Coach Dr. Bruce Victor. Coach has 40-plus years of college basketball experience, is the third son of legendary Hall of Fame coach Mean Gene Victor. Coach served as coaches in Europe in a pro league, first division, won the Israel World Championship, had a record of 65-4, and which is incredible, was a head assistant coach at USC, Known for their defensive zone matchup, helped win the NCAA National Championship at the Division I level for women's basketball. Coach has coached at Division I, two, II, and three. Coach, um, he actually is known for three main principles to prevent easy shooting. We'll go into that later. Also, Coach is a professor in health science and physical education. Coach, he does it all. Coach, thanks for being on today. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Awesome, awesome. Coach, so how did you get into college coaching? Well, you know, I, I grew up around basketball. I, uh, my dad, being a basketball coach, uh, uh, when I first started, I I did several things before I became a basketball coach. But I, when I watched my dad's games, I was always interested and in, in looked at. He was taking really nothing and made it into something. And, I, and that just fascinated me more than anything about basketball and the game itself. But, you know, I played all my life, of course. My brother played all, my, all his life also. And uh, I thought, you know, this is really uh, what I want to do, working with people, young people, and uh, finding out what they can do to use basketball as a vehicle to improve their lifestyle. And it really impressed me to that, that he took a bunch of individuals and made it into a smooth running machine. It was just incredible to watch. He, he was one of the people who invented the... Uh, and when he used that during his uh, college years at Mount San Antonio College, it was just it was just amazing how he couldn't be defended. Just amazing. That's awesome. So you started. What was your first college job, Coach? My first college job was with my dad. Really? <laughs> I, I actually, I started uh, college coaching when I was 17 years old. Wow. I, all I did was my dad was very strict with me. He he, uh, he did he was very uh, wary of uh, favoritism. So he would basically send me out and scout players and other teams. Back then, there was no film. There was, in fact, the only film that was uh, used for for games was a 16 millimeter, uh, you know, actual reel-to-reel film. So it was yeah. very messy, very very difficult to uh, operate, and not many people did it. He did do it. Uh, one of the first people to ever film games, but. Uh, we, it was basically pen and paper, and you went out and watched players and, and watched opponents. And I did that for six long years. Wow. And when I went to practice, <laughs> uh, I didn't, was not allowed to say one word. Wow. So I was, I was really indoctrinated the right way <laughs> because uh, here was my father who coached your team, and I wasn't allowed to say a word. So <laughs> at, at 17 years old, he was not about to let me say anything. Yeah. I was still in high school. Uh, so, you, so. so, Coach, you were in military, huh? Yes, it was. He, was, <laughs> he kept he you was, in line. He was, he's, a, he's an ex-Marine, so I mean, he wow. quite a quite a man. Wow. He, his teams were absolutely ready to play each and every uh, game, and his That's goal awesome. was to get better from game to game. So That's awesome. They, they were amazing, amazing That's teams. Awesome. And that and that first job you had, coach, at seventeen. What school was that at? Mount San Antonio College wow. at that time was a community college, junior yep. college. Yep. It was the largest community college in the United States. It's still over 35,000 students now, but wow. they had, they had, it's in the middle of uh, a big valley and it, it was nothing around. It was just mountains and it was uh, just just a great place to, to live. 
Uh, it's in the San Gabriel Valley, and uh, it's a, one of the valleys of Los Angeles. But uh, quite a quite a place to uh, now, even though it's you know uh, uh, crowded with homes, it's just a just a great uh, place to go to school. Awesome! What a great way to be with your father as well. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really something. That's awesome, I'm Coach. Really, really lucky. You know, now that you, you you coach and you helped out at USC, winning a national championship at the Division One level for the women's uh, basketball, how incredible and the feeling of that. How did you feel? And then just describe some of those emotions you had you went through. Well, I felt very fortunate, obviously, to be to be picked as the head assistant at that time. Yep, I was I was the only uh, full time assistant, and uh, the, the the head coach. Uh, it was weak uh, you know, with the X's and O's, and she she even told me this during during the uh, interview. She said, "Look, I need somebody to help me out uh, with the X's and O's, and, and uh, I'm not really great at it, but I I am good at handling the players and, and relating to the players and understanding what they what their needs are and understanding what uh, it takes to win. But I need some people that, around me that a, a little bit more intricate detail for, uh, especially in defense." And uh, I was a defensive coach. Yeah, I am a defensive coach now. And, and uh, basically, I set up the uh, the matchup D, uh, D that I've improved on through the years with this team. Now, don't forget, this team had Cheryl Miller and the McGee twins and Rhonda Fleming from New York. So, I mean, the, we, we sometimes could play, we played, I mean, three on five, we, we would have won. Wow. I mean, so that's, that's how good these, these players were. So when you have uh, two women on your team that can dunk, it's pretty big advantage yeah. at that, that time in 1983. So it was a it was a really great team. The, the chemistry was really good, though. At the same time, without the chemistry, we wouldn't have gone so far as we did and win the national championship. So uh, it, it, it was a, a great experience at a great school too. Nice. It was really 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 good. Hey, coach, can I borrow that ring one day or what? Sure. Hey, so I still the ring. I still wear it back. <laughs> That's great, coach. You know, as you as you coached, you know, I know you were in Israel and you won a championship out there, coaching right. the college level. What are some differences that you see between those two? You know, as being a coach. Well, you know, winning the uh, head cha- winning the world championship as a head coach at the pro level is a lot different because you're really not the head coach in the sense that there's owners, yep. there's managers yep. of a team, general manager, of course, and there's people that do. Uh, other aspects of the uh, the team's goal in different intricate ways. So in other words, they all have their own niche, and you just can't do what you want to do. You think you can, but you can't. Yeah. Especially uh, being in a particular other country, they, their countrymen are more important in, in a sense that their voice they want them to be heard. Also, so you may be the head coach and you may guide the team, but more suggestions are made than. than than uh, the commands as a head coach when you're coaching a European team. Uh, it, just, it depends, of course, the level. But we had uh, we had some great players too. We had Kevin McGee, what's he what's he used to Irvine from the Phoenix Suns. We had Ken Barlow, a six ten kid from uh, Indiana, who was a first round draft pick, but the Lakers actually chose to go to Europe because he didn't want to be didn't want to play in the NBA. Wow. So we were just fortunate that uh, we had uh, some uh, some Americans that were really really good. And then we had the best. Israeli player on our team, uh, Mickey Berkowitz, who went to UNLV, and then the Secret Service from the uh, from the Israeli Secret Service came back and they took him back. So uh, it was uh, fortunate for us that we had him. But we had we had a great team, and, and uh, it was uh, quite a, a duel. We played Milan for the championship 
of the world in uh, Belgium. And Milan had Bob McAdoo on their, on their team, wow. if you remember him. Yeah. So he was a he was a great great shooter gotcha. even then. So uh, it, it, it was quite a, a difference. Like I said, because yeah. when you coach the team, you put in the structure. Yep. But when the the managers or the the owners don't like something, they'll come up and say, "Hey, look, we don't want to run that. We don't want to do this. We want to play this guy more. We want to play that guy more." And then when you try to teach individually, it's not like you're teaching a kid. These guys are grown up. They're professionals. They make yeah. a million dollars a year sometimes more yep. and uh, if, if anybody's going to go it's you so you can't pretend uh, you got to know what's going on the, the player's not going to get fired you will so yeah. you, you, when a player doesn't want to do something you got to work it out it, it's uh definitely it's, it's precarious it's, it's it's very very different definitely that's great and what an accomplishment congratulations again Thank you so much. Coach, so, you know, how important is the three main principles that you always talk about? I know you do clinics and you go around the world talking, right. preventing the shot. You know, can you just explain a little bit of the three? Sure. These are, these are, it's not really three principles. It's the, the, the first three are, is the, it's called, what I call, the definition of playing hard. Yep. The first three of the six. There's actually six principles. Yep. Uh, and these six principles involve a winning season. Do they always work? They always work if you can get the team to do it. And and they're in this order. Uh, Number one is nobody runs on us. We can be playing an NBA team as a high school team, but we we have to get back. Yeah. Of course, they would kill us. But the point I'm making is that you have to be able to get back. You teach your team how to rotate back defensively that no team can get an easy basket from a fast break. The second, the second principle is no blow buys. Once you're back there, you guard each each and every of your one of your players understands that he's only thinking one thing and one thing only when he's guarding the ball. This guy's not going around me by the dribble. That's it. He's not. I'm not going to get beat by the dribble. That's the only thing I got to worry about when I guard the ball. So that in itself lends to another easy basket, a drive to the basket. If you're guarding the ball and you're not allowing him to go around you, you can't basically go around you for an easy basket and the third principle one and done is relate relates to how a particular scenario when the ball does go up is projected in other words when the ball goes up it's basically a free-for-all and uh, nobody has the ball in their hands when the ball is shot from the outside so if, if you have your legs inside of uh, the opponents or offensive man's legs you can block them off hopefully be able to in such a way that you're going to be able to be positive about going to get the man, go get the ball, and then you have uh, the third one accomplished by uh, stopping the, the, the opponent. I mean, you can stop the opponent, but finishing him off is the key. Definitely. Now, the next three principles are part of offense. Now, they, Coach, uh, Coach, the next three, the next three, the subscribers have to pay for it, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you want to talk about something else, you <laughs> no, you're good. Go ahead. That's, uh, there's actually six principles. The first three are the definition of playing hard. Yep. No, you yep. can go, coach. You can give the rest of it. I'm just joking around. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just joking around. The, the next three are, 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 you know, involve our offense. The first one, the most important one, is the uh, the, the best shot in basketball. All, when I recruited in college for all those years, I would always ask recruit, "What's the best shot in basketball?" And no one ever knew. It was never. 
I think I met one kid that actually gave me the right answer. It was shocking to me. I don't know if you read that book or not, but uh, the, the best shot in basketball, of course, uh, uh, is, is a kind of an open-ended answer. And I learned it from my father. He, he said, the right guy shoot the right shot at the right time is yep. the best shot in basketball. That's amazing. You cannot say that it's a layup or a three-point shot or whatever it is because basically there's a lot of players that can't make a layup. Or yep. don't want to make a layup, or don't want to be inside what they want to be touched. So, the right guy shooting the right shot at the right time is, is the best key I can uh, uh, that I can think of for the first probability in offense. And offense is a probability. It's, it's a, the best. You know, you want to get your best probability of shooting the basketball when when he said, even with the shot clock, yeah, which makes it more difficult. But uh, even with the shot clock, it's, it's the most important thing. And the second thing would be to get fouled. So if you cannot get the first thing, in other words, the right shot guy shoot the right shot at the right time, you may always have the option of getting fouled. So you, that basically the ball's going to touch the inside somehow, either by a pass or drive, yep. where you're getting some kind of contact established. And every time you get fouled, of course, that's a victory because it adds one more foul to the opponent and in and of itself, they become weakened if that one one important player of the starting five of the other team gets some foul trouble and has to leave the game. And and then the third the third component would be the last component is offensive rebounding. And of course, that's uh, that's lays part of yep. what the first number one talks about. It goes around a circle. See, so it's like a, it's like it relates. And how that relates is this. Three guys go to the offensive boards, and two guys get back. They get back on defense, so we don't get run on. So the last one relates to the first one, and we start all over again. That's awesome. So that's why it becomes really, really important to know that offensive rebounding is part of your defensive structure. In that you have three people go to the boards, yep. and you teach two to get back. And it, we, I teach uh, two different people to get back every time. It depends on who's on the outside, who's passed it, who shot it. Well, just so you know, coach, that's amazing. It's, it's impeccable. But the one thing I want to tell you is I'm going to be using this in my philosophy that I'm building now. Great. And I hope no one, I hope no one wrote it down because I would want it for myself. So good. and I'm going to name yeah. it. I'm going to name it. Coach Victor, that's what it's going to be named. So I'm going to have that on on the list when I have it. So I want to thank you for that. I, I call it D-O-P-H. All right. Professional playing hard. That's right. what I call there you it. go. That's great. That's great. That's what I call it. But basically, that, those are the basics of any team, no matter Definite. how skilled they are, yep. or no matter how uh, you're lacking of skills, yep. those are the basics. That's what we use in, at Stanley Lake Academy. That's because awesome. these, Because we get can do not play basketball as a rule. They love basketball, but they've never played before. So it's very difficult to That's great. implement anything other than the basics that go from there to the uh, the portions that you want to do, mainly shoot, you know? Definitely. Hey, so coach, now, you know, I know you and coach uh, George Fisher are at Samuel Academy now. Can you explain yes. a little bit about, about Samuel Academy to us? Yes, Samuel, Samuel Academy is a very interesting place. It's named after the family, the Samuel family, a family who owned a place, uh, a company called Comcast, and they're a big cable company out on the West Coast. 
and they also own the Anaheim Ducks, the National Hockey League team. And they decided to open a school that would be free to the public, uh, high school that would be free to the public, while at the same time uh, uh, caring for foster kids. And they, right now, as we speak, they're building and finishing uh, the campus buildings for dorms for uh, foster kids, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade to get ready for high school to go there. Uh, they allow approximately 100 people in. 100 students in and 100 students go out wow. each and every year and it's free so you, so when a kid wants to go to school there for free they got to be really academically pretty good and all at the same time they have to be selected by a lotto system so is this a chance where they get in or not so we have no chance no to get say. anybody okay. that can play basketball other than that if they have interest in that so we don't get the best basketball players in the world though that's great. Yeah, it, it's, well, it's, you know what? The good part about it, coach, is you have the best two basketball coaches there. Yes, true. So now, was, now you can I make a so good team, right? Yeah. I, I consider George Fisher one of the better basketball coaches I've ever seen in my life. In fact, so that uh, not to sound conceited, but he's the only one that knows more about basketball than I do. I think he does, <laughs> and and he's the only because I think he's well traveled like myself and. Uh, He's really done a great job with uh, not only coaching the team, but marketing and, and leading the team. Is as uh, I, I that's his, you know, forte. I don't do as well as he does. He's great. He's, man. Great. He's he, great. He you know, introduced me to he introduced me to so many people. I had him on yeah. um, last week, and yeah, his networking marketing is incredible. incredible. He actually he actually called me yesterday. He purchased twenty books. Yeah, and he's gonna team. for your team. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah. when you guys get that, and I, and I'll be more than happy to send over whatever you guys need during the year or whatever you guys, you know. You know, our our kids, our uh, the kind of kids that will actually open the book and read it. They they uh, they are very academically minded, great. They're very smart, and they'll, they'll actually read it. Such a great team book, too, Coach. You guys could talk about you know adversity and go through that with them, and yeah. you know it's a great yeah, it's, teaching. It's a great book. I like yeah. it. I like to see it. No, well, I appreciate it. Hey, Coach, I want to thank you for your time today. Um, thank you for being on, your knowledge, you know, what you've done, you know, what your father has taught you and, you know, everything you've learned. I want to thank sure. you for being on, and I really appreciate your time. Sure, I really appreciate the time also. Thank you so much for having me on the program, and I, and I look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. Anything you need, let me know, and I'm glad to help out. Coach, you're the best, man. Keep it up. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Coach. Okay. Guys, thanks for tuning to 7 Foot Heart. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Thank you. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcast. Subscribe. Write a review if you want. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.